Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Batch. I'm Julia. And I'm Becca. We're best friends and lifelong Star Wars fans, and this is a Star Wars The Bad Batch fan cast. This time we're reviewing episode 8, Reunion. This review is meant to be spoiler-free, so join us after you've watched the episode. So if you like story, and you like Star Wars, then stick around. In this episode, the Batch makes plans to scavenge what they can from Bracca to pay back their debt to Sid. They make for two things, weaponry and intel stored in the cruiser's memory. While they're doing this, Crosshair and his squad show up with orders from the Empire to terminate them. A deadly fight ensues. The Batch are pursued through the cruiser, attempting to find a way out when Crosshair pins them down in the Ion engine. In their daring escape, the Batch is separated from one another and a new player enters, none other than bounty hunter Cad Bane. Okay. So plots? Yeah, let's get into the plots, because boy, do we see them in this God, episode. They're everywhere. <laughs> um, a, a plot? I mean, like, it's sort of... It's loose. It's just sort of constantly present. It gets a little... A plot gets pushed to the back this episode, really. Yeah, interestingly enough, it's, like, becomes, like, the least important thing. Yeah, because B plot and C plot really rear their ugly heads, eh? They came back with a force. Like, we haven't seen them in like many episodes many a moon like yeah. since episode three maybe i guess yeah, technically I think four I think... now now that we know this one very specific fact about the kaminoans and oh the yeah episode hunters, c yes i was gonna say we haven't seen crosshair since episode three three uh, did you just say episode c <laughs> is it pl- <laughs> maybe i did <laughs> God. I think okay. we haven't seen them since episode four, loosely, but we haven't seen Crosshair since episode three. You're saying we haven't seen the Empire get involved since loosely episode four, and we haven't seen Crosshair since episode three, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay, great. Glad we got that episode ironed out. C, episode C, also known C. as episode three, three. I guess. They're, they're, they're letters now. They're not numbers. <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be a time if we've swapped the way that we like categorize things? Just inject a little algebra into everything. <laughs> a? Mm, no. Um, anyway... <laughs> So the A plot is loose here because the B and C plot we, are like fucking everywhere. Yeah, we see them talking about it a little in the beginning. Um, when they're talking about they they just need money. They, they're like, yeah, they're kind of, we're kind of back to the, like we need money, but like instead of it being like we just need money, now they're like we need money to pay back the person who's giving us employment. <laughs> we're in debt apparently still. Um, yeah, I appreciate how like uh, well, I mean we'll get into this a little later, but like Hunter is really just like, yeah, this is a good idea. It's an opportunity. We're gonna take it. Yeah, because like. I don't know. We could just leave. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that when it comes up. But yeah, I, I like that. Um, we've loosely gone back to the plot line that we've been seeing this entire time, mm-hmm. which is like, oh, God, oh, no, we have to like fend for ourselves uh, while, you know, every insane thing happens, because I feel like I mean, the you know, this set of three episodes being seven, eight and nine are like the most batshit insane, yeah. I would say. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, like, I love the season finales, but like these are probably my favorite episodes in this season yeah no we see a lot happening and we see a lot of action and a lot of excitement in these um last episode this episode and it's the just like one. so much payoff anyway it, it is so um, yes we see a crosshair come back again yeah. in our b plot um with his war crimes he and his war crimes are back um <laughs> and and we also get like some very juicy yet small tidbits from the kaminoans and yeah we um, see a little more um 
like I don't want to say payoff necessarily, but we get we get some answers to some questions yeah. that we've had for a little while. Yeah, which I do like, and I, we'll talk about this later. But they they do it in a weirdly soft way, like a just kind of a subtle way that these questions get answered. Yeah, I think it's because there's already so much drama going on that we like, don't need more. <laughs> I think if they were to have gone the like telenovela dramatic dun, 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 yeah, yeah way for the Kaminoans and like rampart it would have been like a little bit it would have felt too disjointed with like what's happening i feel with like crosshair in the badge this is a wild thing to say but it's like <laughs> in art right you're creating focal points it's like if you're trying to yeah. have too many things be your focal point they all just fight mm-hmm. uh, now i'm just thinking about a star wars telenovela and i really want one i would love that please for me for me please yeah, so I guess jumping right into what we talk about, we start, interestingly, not on the Marauder, which yeah. I really like that they don't do that this time, and it tells you immediately that this is going to be a different sort of episode. Different. Yeah, um, well, I guess it's either been the Marauder or Sid's bar so far, and those two places have been starting to feel like more like home. Uh, and this, we just get an opening scene of like rainy, stormy Camino, which is and then Crosser just walking into a room. Like I love that we are again. Well, we get the rainy, stormy, and then we see um, oh the Crosser has feet, and like he's with two other like of his squad members, I think. Um, but they're like it's like that low yeah. angle of like immediately you're like thrust into action. It's like something's yeah. happening. It's Something is afoot. Harkening back literally. to I believe episode three right mm-hmm. which is when we have those like a, a bunch of like back and forth between crosshair and the batch right where it starts off super punchy and quick mm-hmm. uh i love when they uh kind of break our expectations of an episode by just starting it in a completely different way and so fast right mm-hmm. um and then we get rampart and Lama Sue arguing which i think is interesting. which we don't even hear their argument like no. their argument is almost like not important in this moment it's just important to the audience that they are at odds yeah um, I do think the one important thing that we get to hear on the tail end of their conversation is that like Rampart, right, isn't wanting to like go after the batch to like recover them as assets and like bring them back to Camino. He's like, I don't want disloyalty in my ranks, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. That's in that conversation. Mm-hmm. I like that. That is like the only little tidbit of it we get. And it's like super uber important. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's like Rampart's whole deal. And we haven't seen him in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, dear Charles Rampart. Charlie Rampart. Um, Charlie Rampart, my, my beloved uh and so it's i don't know it's it's cool to see that in a specific way and then yeah just get thrust right into the action yeah i i love again we've set up a rampart as our um almost an official villain uh primary (laughs) villain (laughs) he's officially our villain (laughs) um but we get to see them kind of interacting obviously like he's crosshair's boss yeah uh but like i i almost love the like the the nonchalantness of just like i don't really care what you're doing just go just go terminate them because like crosshair i think originally approaches him and he's just like it like the batch is on Braca. yeah there's a power surge on Braca. we you know it's them essentially um and he basically like rampart he just he seems really like not frazzled but he seems just like in the middle of something and he's just like this is unimportant to me yeah um i have other things that i'm doing yeah um and i like the kind of just like whatever you t- take care of them terminate them yeah uh it's the, not even on his radar it's not even on his radar he's just something he's expected to kind of already have done and like why aren't you doing this already i love the juxtaposition of that versus the intensity in crosshair that yeah. we see in this episode like yeah. coming face to face with the batch again for him is so much more than just a job it's personal yeah um and i do really like we mentioned this when we were watching the episode i love how like how villain coded crosshair is like how bananas villain coded he is even in this like first little interaction scene and how like rampart 
seems so normal normal like super normal next to him and it's wild that like he is the bigger bad here like he is our representation of the empire and like he is potentially more dangerous because he's very self-assured in in the empire and its cause right Mm -hmm. like and he's not gonna stop and he has the power to do it rampart that is right yeah and then crosshair is just like kind of everything is personal and he's like uh, uh, doing his own games like it's interesting to see that juxtaposition to you that like the empire can be represented to us in a lot of different ways yeah he crosshair is almost over exaggeratedly villain coded to the point where like it's like okay he's yeah it's almost kind of um he reminds me of oh no who's that old actor he was in that um in that movie we watched that kind of sucked that was like the house on haunted hill oh vincent price yes (laughs) he's giving me vincent price vibes (laughs) he's also in a lot of other movies that are good but that's a specific one i remember now i just just want like a live action bad match just but like they're all muppets but vincent price is (laughs) like correct me if i'm wrong that's like that is vincent like truly like especially like older vincent price he was also in that movie was it rebecca or laura 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 um rebecca was um uh another man it wasn't clark gable i don't think this is a lawrence bad, olivier there we go um this is a not good conversation to talk about it's a really everyone knows who we're talking about but <laughs> he does have that sort of old school theatrical vibe about him are you looking at pictures of vincent yeah, price yeah. now no, i'm just imagining <laughs> him being wrong. the only live action um person it's like a, a muppets treasure island style where like the only human is vincent price playing crosshair <laughs> All that to say, Crosshair is very, very insanely theatrically Scooby-Doo style villain coded. Oh, for sure. And Rampart is like a Mr. Normal Man. Which, honestly, I I love that because, I don't remember, we were having a conversation along these lines the other day, but um, talking about how in the in the past in movies and, and TV shows and whatnot, like the villain is always like, oh, they're ugly and they're old and they're, you know this yeah. and that or they're, they are, they're darker and they're like oh clearly they're the villain because they look villainous they're, they're designed to type essentially yeah versus yeah. like i think nowadays a lot of people are getting more creative with that and they're saying um oh this is actually the villain they look like the most normal person but they're truly like this the horror is that like anyone that you know could be just the worst person I capable we of the worst talking things. about this in reference to the new lord of the rings show maybe I don't remember, but that seems about right. Anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really do enjoy this. <laughs> to like sum up my whole point here. I like this juxtaposition yes, because same. it just paints Rampart as he looks so normal in contrast to, yeah. to Crosshair. It, it feels like a lot more of a relatable thing for us viewers to understand now that like just a regular dude could be like a really horrible bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like it feels a little bit more realistic than yeah. like a sheave palpatine <laughs> breaking in here looking like a corpse <laughs> looking like a corpse serving corpse <laughs> um anyway so we uh quickly move on from that scene to back to the batch and Braca. they are um i don't know they're messing around they're doing their batch stuff um yeah they're kind of just um trying to figure out how to move on from the last episode right rex is gone and so now they're uh, discussing among themselves um i think hunter brings it up first but there's that there's a lot of salvage here i mean obviously we see the scrapper guild um and that's kind of what they do but (laughs) presumably yeah (laughs) they just just further deteriorate things (laughs) they just scrap more things um 
and and hunter is basically like okay we can, we have an op-. he's like all right gather around kids we have an opportunity yeah. here um we can get out of our debt with sid and uh echo almost like kind of annoyed goes like well if we had left with rex we would not have to pay sid back anyway which i'm like that you still have a debt you're just running away from it but, yeah and that's beside the point then then we're just sort of jean valjean here <laughs> yeah basically i mean what is it gonna do about it but um <laughs> since it is the chauffeur <laughs> um but uh, we see this. Uh, we see kind of like the first other divide between uh, members of the Bash yeah. after Crosshair, right? This is the next kind of thing that's like not drive. It's not really driving a stake. It's just that we see a little bit of a difference in ideology between Echo, who obviously used to be a reg, and Hunter. Yeah, it's. I it's in an interesting way though i mean we're talking about this when we were watching the episode i really like that it it doesn't feel like they're building contempt for one another it's just like it's just that they're different people with different understandings yeah and they're a group and they have to you know figure out what's going to work best and like it doesn't ever feel like there's any like angst between them or anything but it, it is interesting that we get to sort of like further our understanding of like specific batch members opinions on what's been happening right yeah because like so far in the previous episodes we've seen them just be like yeah these are the jobs that we have to do we're kind of in dire straits here like we just have to do this and like now that they have sort of a time and we're given an opportunity with rex right Mm -hmm. uh to potentially not do that like i like that we're having conversations about people's opinions and i do really like the the tone in which they deliver these lines like it feels very um it's kind of like sad in a way like Mm -hmm. it really does feel like you know echo is like you know we could have left with rex like rex who he really uh, appreciates and cares about and has a history with and like it's sort of the last bastion of like the life that he used to have yeah he feels like he belongs to yeah and like it makes sense to him and it's like his in a way identity still Mm -hmm. right and i love that hunter just delivers his line in just like a very like sorrowful like sorrowful way that's just like our paths are different now like mm-hmm. you know we just can't do that anymore and before, like uh yeah before that conversation though i i wanted to talk about this yes. shot that um basically they're like okay we're gonna scrap and, and get some yeah uh, some salvage and sell it to sid um and they're like leaving to go do that and we it's one of the first times that we see um a mirroring of like a lot of the shots that we got of crosshair and the rest of the batch being kind of separate in the mm-hmm. first episode um i mean it's very very small and it's not meant to drive a wedge between them yeah um but we see uh, like the rest of the batch heads into the cruiser pretty quickly and like we get this like little bit of a lingering shot with echo who yeah. like quickly puts on his helmet and like follows yeah. them in but like and it's not like a um i'm uh, mad at you guys it's just a um again they just they're doing it very subtly showing yeah. the like slight he, sadness the slight lingering of like I what was, him ta- thinking about what could have been exactly like yeah. i think there's a kind of like a, a sweet emotionality to him sort of like lingering a moment as though like he's still not necessarily like behind them like when it comes to like understanding this new like place they're in but he's still like trying to hold on to something mm-hmm. right and like where they have had to move on and maybe it's been easier for the rest of the batch to move on because they never really had an emotional stake in the Republic with the Jedi and that sort of setup. Like we still have echo being echo in just a tiny little way. I appreciate these little moments too. Um, off the heels of like rex being there because we get a couple shots in the last episode of rex like holding his helmet and like god knows what he's thinking about and like yeah. 
all this stuff. And I know a lot of people, uh, I think including you talked about this yeah. last episode, which was, we didn't get like a heartfelt conversation between Echo and Rex. Um, and I think these little moments, they don't not necessarily like, uh, fill that, the void of like a, a, a meaningful emotional conversation. Yeah. Um, but they kind of give you a little more pieces of that, um, which is really sweet. We it, get to see Echo dealing with that. Yeah. It feels like uh, that had an effect on him. It's yes. nice to see, right that these characters like their experiences do affect them which i feel like is a is not necessarily a thing we always see um um yeah especially since like i mean they've been on this sort of like existential journey about like oh are we soldiers are we mercenaries what are we anymore are we human or are we dancers (laughs) the question on everyone's minds for a couple episodes we've been we've been seeing this existential journey that they are all on um and echo honestly hasn't had that big of a problem with it until now which is conveniently after we've seen rex or he's like again it's basically like out he was given an out he was given a like oh maybe things can go back to a slightly more normal for me at least um but yeah i and then this conversation that um hunter and echo have i I like that they have this conversation they're very close together Mm -hmm. when they're talking um which i think is a and they're not like they're not completely like facing each other it's another like head on they're kind of like standing next to each other and they're like doing something else I think a like little bit pushing the cart or whatever yeah they have. um and like yeah it's, it's not quite a like odd uh no it's just they're like not this kind of like visually amicable conversation yeah um but uh you know echo talking about we could have left with rex and hunter saying he's on a different path than us yeah uh and and hunt sorry and echo coming back with we're soldiers what other path is there yeah um it's yeah it again a lot with a little. Yeah, it's and it's interesting to see too cuz like if we dive into that, I mean and you know, we could always talk about this more later, but like the concept that the batch was made essentially special, right? And so um, again, maybe it's easier for them to move on because they're like we're, we were never like that in the first place. We were never like the regs. We always had a different job than the regs. Like we weren't those people and we can move on and like Echo is still trying to hold on to, you know, his own identity. He is and was a reg, right? Yeah. And like it's important to him and it meant a lot to him and it's yeah fun to see in a way his identity as a soldier is so much stronger than theirs ever yeah, was because exactly. i mean when we meet them they're they're very much like we don't follow orders we're yeah. not like other we're not like the regs the gregs the gregs um yeah i love that there's a, a lot of really good just like emotional beats going on in that like i don't know it's like a four-line conversation um it's just great i love it and i love that we're getting a sort of a peek inside of like echo's understanding of what's going on too Mm -hmm. then of course we have our um our uh the start of the of the action happens when crosshair and his many empires which by the way when we were watching this episode i'm like i did not realize i think because like these three episodes like kind of get mushed together in my brain because they just follow each other really closely i didn't realize how quickly the action starts yeah it does um Mm. Yeah, again, like, no, this whole show is incredibly well-paced. There's not a moment of, like, boring, I don't know. (laughs) Like, we were watching Castlevania yesterday, and I was like, I like this show a lot, but I'm like, God, the pacing is so slow and bad. This is a wild thing, but as I've said previously, like, the amount of conversation in that show makes it feel like it's sort of a downtown. Well, and the fact that, like, like, we're just going to talk about the things that we're going to do and then not do them. And then not do them for, like, two episodes, and then also we're going to, like, talk about things that you, as the viewer, have already seen, and I'm like... I get that you need to tell this other character something that we've already seen, but like 
there's better ways God. to communicate information it's just such a um contrasting it with something like which i don't think castlevania is a bad show or no. anything it's but like like fun from what i've seen oh of it. It, it is fun um but like comparing it to this just makes this shine so much brighter yeah. and like wow really there is no moment wasted there is no like oh god okay you already covered this like move on um it's very well paced and very well set up yeah but anyway crosshair and his empire goonies show up they do um and then we flip back to camino I would just like to uh, have a shout out to the musical uh, cues, cues in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just so good. Specifically when Omega's like, what's this red blinky light? And it's like, Bana! and you're just like, Like okay. before Tech <laughs> ever says anything, yeah. it's just like, oh, no. Yeah. The and next then, thing he says is going to be like. And then he's yeah. like, I'm sure it's nothing. I'm like, babe, I don't think. I don't that, think not it's according nothing. to the music, babe. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that in the middle of this, like, oh, it's kind of like dangling something in front of you where it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, the action. And then it's like, oh, just kidding. We're going to go back to Lamasu and Nala Say. Yes. And again, you, I, I don't know. It's unexpectedly important and they do it in the softest way possible. Which yeah. Is and I like they- that it, it, I mean, they're, they are kind of a separate entity from the Empire. Like yeah. they're, they're currently like involved, but this, this contingency plan that they have is, is uh, unbeknownst to and separate from the Empire. Yeah. Um, and I like that we're kind of threading this, this plan through this episode in a very like, oh, sneak peek. Oh, like- yeah. And essentially, right. So like in the previous couple episodes, <laughs> when we talk about like fennec right and that like we spent an entire episode trying to get you know sid to give the batch information about fennec and then we kind of just like introduce the concept that she was hired by the kaminoans so easily it's just like we hired a bounty hunter she didn't work out on to the next bounty hunter like they don't again like we talked about there's no telenovela style like g- shocking flip to the camera and reveal this like insane piece of information they're just like this is what we're doing we have to continue and like move on with our plan honestly i feel like it's i mean uh, astute viewers might have picked up on that that like oh she was probably sent by the kaminoans um or like the empire or something yeah or the empire whatever not they don't probably i mean obviously it's not gonna be like a rando (laughs) (laughs) yeah um introducing a third antagonist (laughs) like a fourth party (laughs) uh but um yeah again i think that they they're uh, this is kind of more set up right because like even after this episode we we kind of get into um what lamasu and nalase are really up to um but it, it yeah it's appreciated that they kind of just um it doesn't feel like they just kind of like let it fall flat either yeah. like there's so many things happening in this episode that it's almost like you're giving us these little little morsels yeah to it's keep, like to keep things interesting it's not just served to us yeah it's not like okay now crosshair shows up and now there's just a bunch of action until yeah. the end of the episode it's oh, okay here's this and um it's yeah. interesting too that like they put this just like right in the middle of like when things start to heat up too because like it gives it a level of importance right like mm-hmm. w- like they could have easily stuck that at the beginning the very beginning of this episode but we probably would have forgotten about it by the time that it becomes relevant at the end of the episode or it would have gotten too muddled with like yeah. crosshair and everything yeah you would have like assumed it had something to do with him or something right like that. which it doesn't yeah i, which I you like find that out at the end of the episode it does yeah. yeah as you stated sort of have a way of like weaving through this episode in like a very subtle sort of background way that's like it's really nice to see again it, it adds this sort of like um not necessarily like espionage angle but something kind of like that like a similar thing yeah, yeah. um 
Yeah, and so I, you know, they hired Fennec, they and they got a mysterious new bounty hunter, and I, uh, I love that we just leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> you you get the sense that they're like, I mean, they sent Fennec, um, and she's presumably still looking. Well, I mean, she is still looking for them, but um, it's not going well for her apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there, things are heating up on their end, right? You get this little like subtext of like, if we don't get her back now, it's gonna be bad for yeah, us yeah well obviously because the empire just fucking sent crosshair and his murder squad to go get mm-hmm. rid of them so they're yeah. like it's now or never babe um yeah yeah and then um uh, we go back to Braca. Mm-hmm. um and i i mean i'll talk about this later i fucking love the series of shots that are in here when they land you know crosshair and his crew land and they're like on the deck or whatever and it's mm-hmm. like uh, it's just great yeah it's it's very um empire-y it's very very yeah yeah it it just feels like we've gotten a lot of these types of like visuals before you know especially throughout rebels uh and this is just like uh it's like a huge fucking victory lap it looks so cool Mm -hmm. it's just like we've gotten to a certain place and it's just doing it so well um Um, yeah so they're kind of cat and mousing it through the cruiser um but i i really like that uh i mean the, the drama is very played up here because obviously crosshair used to be part of their squad he knows how they operate and he he does kind of get them with the uh yeah oh, i knew you were gonna like yeah hack I into do, our comms um i do really like too that before that when they're when they are going through the halls and they know that crosshair i mean what they know that the empire is there right they don't know it's crosshair and then they tap into the comms tech does and then they hear crosshair talk and there's like a little like reaction there like i really like the th- like that part like that little tiny part just mm-hmm. because it's like how horrifying would that be if you're like oh my god the empire is here this is the worst case scenario and then you realize that it's not just the empire it's crosshair the person that you care about and he's specifically here to hunt you down mm-hmm. um and you haven't seen him in forever like it- it's i don't know it's it's nice to like that's such a, a building moment right to get through this episode mm-hmm and um, then yes they sort of continue to cat and mouse it and crosshair like knows what they're gonna do yeah right? he he gets them um he, mm-hmm. a, he ambushes them on the artillery deck which is like this there's their plan b basically yeah and it, we get all the way down to plan i don't know probably <laughs> h um, you know um yeah and it, it, we see this again this episode's very aptly titled reunion yeah um we get a reunion between these these two and it's fucking killer uh yeah i i crosshair is fucking mean yeah he is i mean like again like unnecessarily like i think it's also interesting it's one thing to see him be a huge dick war criminal to like (laughs) insurgents and stuff Mm -hmm. like i I guess he's been told he has a reason to not like them and he's like yeah for all intents and purposes they are his enemy yeah but then he just rolls up here and is like i'm a little bitch i hate you too and it's like you care about these people or did also one's a child still your family one's a child you're out here you're like you're calling them rats that they're pathetic yeah um it's just kind of mean (laughs) it's just like they're traitors i mean obviously like that's sort of his uh, whole thing whole thing is that like oh you're traitors yeah and it's very clear that he's like you're traitors to the empire but also to me (laughs) yeah he's um i guess butthurt by it oh for Um, sure for sure i I do yeah it's interesting again he ambushes them on the fucking artillery deck and he does this because he knows their playbook essentially Mm -hmm. and like I don't know, like, all of the, I mean, I would say that most of this episode kind of builds to this interaction, right? It's called Reunion. Um, I I guess this part has the correct amount of sort of pomp and circumstance, like, put to it. Like, it Mm -hmm. becomes very uh, epic, and I guess, like, it also builds, like, for Crosshair to this point. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like. Do you think he's it. been like practicing these lines for sure? Um, in his like in his mirror, he's weird, just like sad mirror, scavenging like rats. No, no, it needs more. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being oh, Vincent add Price about it. <laughs> I'll add um, a how pathetic the end. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. We'd Write that down. <laughs> I just like it. It's fun that it all builds to this, and like what we're shown from Crosshair is like kind of a lot worse than we've seen of him like we were talking right before we started recording we're like we've seen him do some pretty fucking heinous shit um Mm -hmm. you know shooting wrecker in the pilot and using him as bait for the other ones uh you know killing someone on his squad point blank uh execution killing all of those insurgents and it's wild that this is what feels worse (laughs) yeah because he's again like we just said for all intents and purposes like those insurgents are his enemies he's uh it feels a little more justified for him because he's... It's like a little less personal, I guess. Yeah, he's, you know, in the case of killing his squad mate, he's getting rid of, you know, uh, a challenge to his power. He's, he's you know... Um, this is like, hey, f- hey, friends and family, uh, fuck you guys. Fuck you a lot. Straight up. Uh, and I, I, it, I almost said I love. I don't love. It's really bad. But, like, it's, it is so telling to see... I love that Omega steps forward because it's Omega. She's our, our bastion of, of hope and kindness yeah. and compassion right in this world. And she's like, do you remember what I told you in the brig? Which like, I love that we have that fucking payoff. Yeah. Because Hunter is just ago. basically introduced to Crosshair, the, the inhibitor chip thing. Yeah. Um, and I love that she's still trying to reason with him. Mm-hmm. And I love that Crosshair's response to that is like, everyone point your guns at the child. <laughs> yeah. He literally, after she's just like, you can't help it. He's just like, aim for the kid. Yeah. Like, it's showing he's like showing his true colors in like an astonishingly horrible way mm-hmm. and like i love that again we're bringing up this conversation i do not remember what episode we talked about this in but like this really interesting philosophical conversation of like does he intend to do this does he want to do this or is he being made to do it and like that kind of reoccurring question i mean i think that question's been there since the beginning yeah. since they start fucking around with his inhibitor chip right yeah um but it's interesting to see i i think like uh, that question re-upped and it's in like an even more like the stakes are higher now right because yeah. it's not just like you know he's doing his job right that you could justify it's like okay he's openly threatening you know his you know members of his squad who are essentially his family and also a child that he yeah. doesn't really know <laughs> it's really interesting to this episode off the heels of the last one um because we do see wrecker uh his chip um activating and yeah. he goes after omega exactly but for some reason i mean we know the for reason. some reason <laughs> but it's interesting to see that his um motivation in like i mean he was he was going to attack omega he was like yeah. looking for her stalking her um but his motivation was like you are a traitor to the empire it was yeah. very robotic it was very like he wasn't mincing words he wasn't taunting her he was just saying what his brain was telling him is the fact yeah. and what he has to do yeah it's um, like the same thing that the regs were told about the jedi yeah right? Um, and you don't see them taunting Jedi. You don't no. see them being it um, is assholes to them. It's clinical. It's cold. It's just point blank. It's not. Yeah. There's no emotions about it. Yeah, it's very robotic. It's very rude. This, though, and, and we, we've seen Crosshair be like this since almost the beginning yeah. uh, of the of the season. But he's not robotic and rude as much. No, um, he is. Probably we only see him do that in the first when his chip first activates on collar yeah that's the only time we see him be kind of robotic and rote um yeah when he shows up at, in the hangar for them in the first episode it's 
he's taunting them there's like yeah it's a a sinister conniving like he has a game to play right like i and i really like i mean we go out throughout the series and we see that like so many of these instances with clones other clones right and like essentially it's a juxtaposition with how crosshair is acting and how other people have acted right and like you know we can see you rex in season seven of clone wars too about that like it's really interesting that we're setting up these differences and stakes of like is this really crosshair is there something else going on with him versus every single other person yeah the question too is like what the fuck did the empire do to his chip? yeah because they did fuck with it and yeah. we only got that they enhanced it we don't know what that what means. does that mean does yeah. that mean you made it stronger does that mean you made it do something different what does that mean yeah it, it leaves us with a lot of like really interesting unanswered questions mm-hmm. that like i like that they're kind of giving us little oh for sure teases of what that could possibly be again with like the way that he's acting but like truly like the end of it is just like whatever it is he is horrible like so insanely horrible yeah um and it's it's nice i mean it's not nice but like it's interesting that the batch now kind of gets to see that yeah they're having to grapple with this um this new crosshair i mean even more so than they were last time yeah. um but yeah I, because i think up until now they've been like oh it's obviously the chip that's affecting crosshair we'll get him back yeah it's, even after that terrible standoff at the hangar where he shot wrecker and used him as bait like and was pretty cruel and cold they're still like oh it's the inhibitor chip and now yeah. they're like it it is but also what the fuck <laughs> yeah i think there's like maybe a, a seed of doubt in their brain and like it's it's them coming to grips too with like the situation because i think the plan was always to go back for crosshair right and like i guess it still is but it's like but the situation has changed but, but to a point things have been irreparably damaged between yeah, them like yeah. it will not be the same fully uh especially now with you know this standoff in the hangar or in the artillery deck yeah um and then when he corners them in the ion engine and yeah, attempts so, to turn things on which is the next thing yeah go i was to. gonna say so like obviously tech and echo which i really like that in the background of this they're just kind of like doing their scheming thing mm-hmm. like they create a way for them to get out i do really like that uh crosshair gets fucking punted by a big big cannon <laughs> um and the batch escapes. serves him right yeah absolutely um also it's really wild that like i think in between those two things right so like you know the artillery deck disintegrates mm-hmm. um and all of a bunch of these uh, troopers get ed up by the ship, essentially. Um, and I like that Crosshair, like, does not try to help any of I them. I have a note about that later. Oh. <laughs> it's really interesting. Again, we're seeing in tidbits, like, uh, how much this is coloring his character. Because, mm-hmm. like, he does not give a fuck. Yeah. And it doesn't even seem mostly, like, uh, chip-related. He he has a personal vendetta. And he yeah, is going like, for it. It's the only thing he seems to care yeah, about. Yeah. It's, like, that's what's fueling him. It's, yeah. It is personal which again with the chips it almost previously. doesn't even seem like oh i'm being loyal to the empire it's uh, i have a job to yeah, do he's got and a it's huge my personal vendetta <laughs> <laughs> chip on his shoulder <laughs> um anyway so yes they they are able to leave and are kind of pursued and end up in the ion engine uh, which, which like this is so creative scenario. honestly like i think this is really fun just as a, really cool. a, a setup here i like, really i really yeah. like i honestly was like thinking about notice noting this in sort of my design zone but i really mm-hmm. like that um this takes place on Braca and like it's essentially just like a big jungle gym so like they get to <laughs> jungle gym is a word yeah yeah like they just get to like i mean it's essentially they've given them like a fucking terrain park like there's so many things that they can do because it's just like a a ship graveyard right Mm -hmm. and i love that this is what they end up doing like it is just like a really fun use of the environment that they have Mm -hmm. um so ion engines so this is where things get like extremely sticky like 
I feel like in my brain, there's like a couple of points that I always remember about this episode, and it's always like the ion engine, and then like the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the the titular reunion, weirdly enough, is not always what my mind jumps to. Yeah, I think because this situation is like somehow so much worse to me. Like we've had the reunion, and Crosshair has been very, very mean and cruel to them, and then he kind of steps up his game yeah. while they're in here, where he's like, "All right, like if you're not gonna come out to the front of it where I can shoot you." I'm going to burn you alive. Yeah. I I mean, I made a note of this that it's like wild that crosshair goes from like, I'm standing in front of you and all my troopers are pointing guns at you to I'm going to stay up here where I have a, a complete advantage as a sniper. And you're either going to get burned alive or you're going to try to leave. And when you do, I'm going to pick you off sort of like animals. Yeah. Um, there's like an insane level of cruelty in that. Yeah, truly. I mean, it's just like damning them to like one of two insane fates. <laughs> truly um and i like even after this standoff um we have omega saying at some point when they realize that he is turning on the iron engine the omega's just like he wouldn't do that would he and it's like girl he just he just told his like Like, squad to shoot you (laughs) you're nine it's so sweet to me that like she still is like he wouldn't do that he wouldn't do that like she's i think getting the idea that he mm-hmm. would do that but i like that she's still like has a, a like one little tiny bit of yeah. denial again we she she's because i think it's because of the chip thing right like it's she's believing that um any left any goodness left in him would would is fighting the chip right and we can clearly see that it's not given that he's gonna burn <laughs> them in an ion engine yeah um. there's like a certain level of insanity that this is encompassing that feels like beyond chip related but we'll get into that um Um, i i really like the plan that they have um of just like oh we can disconnect the ring of the ion engine that we're in if we just blow up like all around the sides in a circle honestly i think it leads to like a really really great scene um and then also very creatively it um it's kind of like crosshair almost gets immediate karma for his like yeah no i love it um because he gets blasted basically yeah and again i love that they're using the environment in such like creative specific ways that like aid to the story right like i love that okay so they're stuck in an ion engine and they have to explode it and like you know they go falling and like immediately what happens is yeah crosshair getting ed up by like ion explosions essentially yeah yeah basically because of his his decision to do that yeah it's like really wild again also like kind of looking forward that like there is no oh no the consequences of my own actions it's like he's just like kind of dead set on his course of action right Mm -hmm. um but yeah no it is really creative and it's really fun to see uh, problem solving outside of having a Jedi around. I love when we were yes. watching the episode. You're like, if you had a lightsaber, you could just cut a hole in the ground. But um, you don't. Yeah, like it's fun to see. I don't know. Again, I think that's why I like this show so much is like it's such a, a departure from the like easy problem solving of like, I'll just cut a hole in the door or like whatever we're in. <laughs> yeah. I'll just explode it by sticking my lightsaber right. in there. Like, yeah, they have to be a little more creative. Yeah, so they fall and then they are separated, which yep. prompts Hunter and Omega. I mean, they're all trying to get back to the Marauder. Yeah, they're like, um, this is a situation we don't want to be in anymore. We must leave. <laughs> but it's split off and it's Hunter and Omega and then um, Tech Our Wrecker and... Three other Echo, boys. The three, the three others. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, uh, you kind of get this... I mean, we see Crosshair kind of like pass out, right? Like, so it's like, okay, he's... We're kind of on the... the um, denouement of this episode it's a little it's it's closing out we've seen our heroes 
get out of this sticky situation and now they're just going back to their ship. But when Hunter and Omega get there, the fucking there's dead stormtroopers, which like... Who did, Red flag number one. Who's done this? <laughs> um, and then we get our favorite boy. I, I <laughs> love him with all of my uh, heart. We see Cad Bage step out of uh, their ship. And the way that they did this is so fucking good. I love that Like, what actually like specifically is happening is that we're hearing a radio transmission right, of, of the Empire. Mm-hmm. And I love that we get a close-up. It cuts from like the patch falling and they're separated, whatever. And we get a close-up of this one trooper helmet. And then like the camera does this wild turn mm-hmm. and a zoom out and you see everyone is fucking dead. And then I love that you see way in the back like hunter uh yeah hunter and omega like they pop, pop up, up yeah. and i love that immediately we get thrown into the like western my favorite thing ever the western garbage it's my <laughs> i love it um, oh no, and this is so this is such the, a um, a good one too it's like like this is always what i think of when i'm just like this show has western motifs in it it's just this and it's like to be fair cad bane is like a fucking space cowboy and that's yeah like basically mostly why western. i like him but uh I, and yeah and i love that it's the music cue and then it's the voiceover before we see him and he's mm-hmm. fucking standing on the stairs of their ship he's got his duster on and his like big it's hat. just like it's so good and there's so <laughs> it's such a left turn like mm-hmm. immediately and the like back half of this episode is the most aggressive like 180 into a completely different thing like this is the best case scenario for me of a twist Yes. Like, I feel like people describe twists now in, like, movies and stuff as, like, someone died, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like, I don't know, someone's evil now. It's like, okay, whatever. It's really boring because <laughs> it's been done constantly and it's it, a lot of times isn't motivated by anything. Uh, or this. it's it's either it's either like so foreshadowed in in such a heavy handed way that it's like well clearly that was gonna yeah it's happen. not even a surprise um or it's so not foreshadowed at all because they were trying to make it this big like shocker yeah. that it doesn't make any sense I guess a better like more apt term is that it's not a twist it's like just a shock for shock's sake it's, exactly it's literally shock value you know um but this is so I don't know it feels so good the mm-hmm. way that it like introduces like this like tertiary environment with all these dead stormtroopers and then immediately ask the question of why and our characters are like asking why mm-hmm. and then it's like not a beat later is just like you know the fucking good the bad the ugly music starts playing essentially with its like flute motifs and uh who walks out but cad bane who's a, a character we know from like a yes. lot of clone wars episodes well and since we know that he's a bounty hunter like we're immediately connected the previous uh part yeah. in this episode where we're yeah. like oh it's, he's working for exactly. the Owens, right there's not a question of like oh who is this and why yeah. is he here it's we like know why he's paid off we know who he is and we know that he's dangerous as hell yeah like and I this scene is so good and yeah I love that they like kind of set something up kind of in like with the Kaminoans obviously earlier in this episode it's not in a huge way where like it would be too much foreshadowing for this part right exactly but like it does you know it adds context and it makes this happening make so much sense mm-hmm. uh when we see it obviously but yeah what the literal duel that happens here is like my favorite scene um i love it for so many reasons same <laughs> i mean the western motif is so good they really really draw it out yeah yeah, yeah. The, the eye shots and the gun shots and the like <laughs> i i haven't i have a note of this uh, later on but um we've seen this scene before we've seen standoffs in this show before yeah um we've seen western motif in the show before this is so drawn out and i just 
it, it works on so many levels. I, I love that Hunter goes down and he it's not even close. Yeah, that is maybe my favorite part about this oh, scene so is good. that like you think that like, oh, Hunter, he's so good. He's so quick. He's you know, he was made special. Right. right. And like he is no fucking match for this gunslinging bounty hunter grandpa that we now have seen for years right like yeah it, like I, he misses so hard and it is so much slower compared to cad bane yeah. that he just shoots uh, toto's leg off yeah and then goes right down yeah like I, it's just not even a fucking question no. and i think that's so it's like really surprising in the moment yeah because i is. think like that right they build up that whole scene like with all the different shots right and the music and like you know it's great it's gorgeous and like i feel like in the back of your head you're supposed to be like oh well hunter's gonna win this because he's like the protagonist and they're like, the protagonists are the heroes yeah like, like they you they've know, just taken out crosshair the, in the empire yeah like against all odds right it's a very like it's a star wars uh-huh. moment where you're like oh like they'll every bad guy they come across they'll like defeat because they're like the good and it's like fully not that at all and Uh i love it feels like such a like a slap in the face that he just like immediately gets shot in the chest and immediately goes down and yeah he's not even he's not even close to hitting cad bane he does not injure him at all he doesn't even get close to hitting him at all it's just he's (laughs) yeah he can't even get his gun out fast enough to like aim it properly uh but i also wanted to um give a lot of credit to michelle uh ong Oh, who's the voice actor for, for Omega? Omega. Yeah. Um, but like her cries of like Hunter, oh my God, Hunter! Like she is, de- it's a surprise to her as well. Like, yeah, she thinks he's dead. She thinks he's fully dead. She is not used to this happening. Like she's seen these boys like overcome crazy odds. Like yeah. they are always in it together, and now she's been ripped out of that safety yeah like uh, also like us the viewers like we're so used to these episodes uh-huh. going in such a specific way, and then yeah. we're just like. Yeah like yanked out of it like and she's like oh shit this is not what i thought this was and again like it's star wars but it's upside down right like it's the good guys don't always come out undefeated Mm -hmm. like it is literally like i don't know insane odds i love it Mm -hmm. um yeah obviously cad bane uh grabs her and leaves and then um we see a a slight scene of uh, crosshair being treated so we know he's not dead but he's severely injured fully he still only cares about he's like incensed yeah he still only cares about the batch um and then my favorite part i I mean okay there's so many favorite parts of this episode episode is really good this episode like leaves off on such a good scene um but we get like instead of seeing the uh other three boys come back and there's like a little firefight between them and the empire we see it uh, we don't see it from like a third person point of view. We see it from Hunter's like Eyes. helmet POV. Yeah. It's so good because you can feel like the uh, confusion, like when he wakes up and like you see tech really close. Like they're trying to make sure he, I yeah, think someone like is just like, you got shot. You yeah, got I shot think in the Echo chest plate. That. They're trying to explain what happened to him. And- but also trying to get him on the Marauder and there's like, they're fighting and you see Wrecker running around. Like it's, it, but it's so good like it's just i really love too that like this is like a really specific thing i love that the aspect ratio changes like because it's like his visor and i like that his visor is like super narrow so the shot became super super Mm -hmm. narrow it's like almost anamorphic um and it's just really cool like i'm such a sucker for like uh, the ui usage and like it is i mean we were talking about this before we started recording it's like such an intimate way to like be put Mm -hmm. in that situation and i feel like it gives that the gravity that it really needed Mm -hmm. um it's also just an incredibly creative way to get past like yet another action scene that would yeah. have served no purpose other yeah, than exactly. um, just to show you what happens. Like 
um, one of my favorite movies, Man from Uncle, does this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm specifically thinking about towards the end when they're breaking into the facility where they think that the um, the bomb, the nuclear bomb, is, and instead of getting this like uh, scene of like oh, all yeah. of them storming this thing, you get this like cool like montage M- montage like these there's pains of things happening they're moving across the screen they like like when the when this montage is over it, it kind of fades into it doesn't cut away it just fades into like okay and we're here and they've done it like it's it's a, such a fun way to keep up energy but also show you like this is what happened without it being yeah and it's like without drawn it on a, a, like being like a weird like a, a call of duty style military yeah. takeover thing right because they have like some army boys with them in that yeah. point yeah yeah uh that is so fun i do yeah this this part is incredible it's creative it gets a point across it gets the um panic and the uh loss too because yeah. like i mean we'd never see another like helmet pov no. because like why would we yeah um this i again i feel like it gives it such a gravity and i i and we've seen other members of the batch like injured or shot out or whatever before but like being like in his point of view makes it so much more like uh i don't know like i feel like you feel those emotions a lot more and it's like very it's almost like has like a a fear to it that you're like i don't know what's going on and like things are like going in and out and it's like a lot to take yeah you don't get the big picture of what's happening it also really emphasizes that we've lost our proxy yeah she's gone and everything is thrown into chaos yeah and now we don't have a way to look at these things anymore the hope is gone like what's happening i love too that it's like okay so whose perspective are we going to take over then and let's like i I guess it's hunter and hunter is like absolutely like not losing his mind yeah Yeah. he's like not doing well and like i don't know it's a really interesting way to like Mm -hmm. you feel as the viewer and as the batch like the Mm -hmm. loss of omega like she she is like our only way to understand like this world and she's gone um we do get a, a, a little bit of once he takes his helmet off when oh, yeah. in the Marauder and they're taking off. Um, <laughs> I do like that they don't let it linger too long. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we get a really, it's, it's a kind of a close shot of like Hunter and he's like, I don't know who he's talking he's to directly. He's talking to Wrecker. Wrecker. Um, but he's just like, they took her and they're like, who Crosshair? And he's like, no, a bounty hunter. Like they took Omega. We need to get her back. Um, but like the, you can, we've never seen them hurt this bad. And yeah. you almost can't tell if it, he's like, in a lot of pain because of he because of the fact that he was shot yeah, or if he's in the chest fully having like a panic attack yeah. like oh my god we lost her um what are we gonna do yeah yeah um and the, and then the episode just fucking ends like there's no i love that it doesn't leave us on a happy moment no. like other episodes have done that it, and we don't even get like there i mean there's like kind of an eerie music happening and the it eerie fades music out is really good and then it continues as the credits roll like it, it's not like we get it's so unsettling right i mean in clone wars no matter what happened in the episode we would always get the fanfare of the end right yeah i think maybe except for something in season seven right towards when, the end when everything but, was getting pretty serious yeah um but like i mean not that we've gotten that in the batch but like there's usually a moment of levity at the there's end of these usually episodes, a moment though. of levity and oh and another thing mm-hmm. <laughs> which i might be jumping the gun here but um i i like that throughout this entire episode it's a pretty dramatic and serious episode i mean mm-hmm. they're they're meeting oh, yeah. crosshair again for the for the first time since they've seen him uh, almost said since they were born that's not <laughs> true at all since, since they uh stood off against stood off <laughs> yeah i guess yeah uh, like in the pilot in the pilot yeah since the pilot um and but like there's a surprising amount of like um levity and funny moments between them like one of my favorites is when um they're in the ion engine and records like what about plan seven and it was just like plan seven has nothing to do with this situation like it's just it i don't know it's very funny it, it's nice that we still get to see like the little blips of their personalities yeah it feels so normal even while they're um 
facing off against crosshair like in the ion engine like there's still that's when that joke happens right um and it doesn't like the levy completely goes away once cad bane enters the picture yeah it's it's very good yeah there is nice that there are like little jokes here and there like i think when they're getting in the ion engine text like oh this is our means of egress and records like i don't even know what that means yeah. like there are like funny little oh the one that i really like is when they're trying to leave the artillery deck and <laughs> a wrecker picks up like their payload that they're trying to take <laughs> yeah. including like a big missile and like one trooper walks with in the fire uh, with, with the, the flamethrower flame it's the flamethrower person and they're just like ah shit and then wrecker just throws <laughs> It's like a wide shot and it's a wide shot and you just see that person fucking disappear in a doorway and we never see them again. Like that was like so unexpected. Like after this whole like reunion moment of like, holy shit, our brother's here and he sucks now. Um, And to see that was so funny. Like it it genuinely made me laugh. It was funny. Um, No, but I feel like them acting normally even throughout this like kind of dramatic thing happening is such a contrast to the end of this episode just like holy shit yeah i I like that it kind of like ups somehow it gets more serious yeah i mean if they had started it off really serious without any moments of levity like they would have had nowhere to go yeah the the gravity the stakes wouldn't be there it would have just gone on too long and been like well yeah yeah this is dramatic and weird the whole time like it's (laughs) not like it does have its sort of ups and downs it's so subtle though yeah it is Again, like, these episodes that are, like, I don't know, they're, like, 22-ish minutes. Uh, they don't ever feel like that, and I mean that in the best way possible. Like, how episodes of Over the Garden Wall are 11 minutes, and they don't feel like no. 11 minutes at all. Because they do so much groundwork in yeah. so little time. They really do. Um, all right. So, we, shall we transition to characters I would now? love to. Um, I don't have anything particular written down about Hunter and Omega. Um, no, I mean, obviously, like, the things I wanted to talk about, we've talked about. I I don't actually think they do a lot of, like, character development at this point. Sans, you know, it's interesting to get little peeks inside, like, their psyches at this moment with, like, the conversation between Hunter and Echo at the beginning of this episode. But, um, it is kind of interestingly, I mean, it helps to create a contrast. It's kind of, like, batch operating business per usual, like, at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. Um... You did touch on something earlier that I wanted to talk about yeah. uh, vis-a-vis Crosshair and um, how he interacts with his squad versus how the Batch interacts with each other. Did I talk about that? You brought it up and then I said, I have something to say about that later. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've, yeah. I've forgotten. <laughs> oh, I think it's when they get, um, uh, when the artillery deck collapses and they all kind of go flying yeah. and he does oh, yeah, not... Yeah, yeah. I think we get a really actually like specific shot of like in the background, Mm -hmm. one of the empire soldiers, like helping the other one up. Like they are friendly towards one another. They are trying to make sure that their squad is okay. Crosshair doesn't give two shits about them. Fuck you. He doesn't care at all. Yeah. And like, I like that in that part, he immediately calls for backup for himself only. Yeah. He's a fucking asshole. (laughs) Even to like the other fucking assholes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, like they are truly only tools to him. He has this one track mind. He only wants to get his vendetta. Um, but like I, I do, I mean, again, it's, it is kind of batch business per use, but they're <laughs> never not like this, but they are, we just get, it's just such a big contrast between what we see them, 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 they're always trying to help each other up yeah. and, 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 you know, making sure everyone is yeah. okay. Uh, I mean, we even see that in when they're entering the ion engine and Tech yeah, exactly. is helping Omega in, yeah, right? Yeah, truly. Um, but I, it's just such a crazy um, foil between mm-hmm. the t- the way that Crosshair operates with his new squad now that he's gotten everything he's ever wanted, basically. Yeah. Um, 
yeah anyway that was my note (laughs) i yeah it's interesting i i think it's I'm trying to remember too, like the episodes that follow this. I don't even specifically remember. I, I mean, this sort of like storyline. Um, I know what happens in the next episode, but like, it's interesting that this. I don't know. We're creating more contrast and like interest with like that story, and like, I don't know. I, I think it's fun to ask like why Crosshair is doing these things, and like, really interesting. You you always come back to the same answer of like, I guess he's just really pissed. Like he has like a huge vendetta now. I mean, and it's clearly not even like like if he was truly like I love the Empire and I am loyal to the Empire. His his goal would be. Like, to lose as least amount of people as possible and like yeah or like try to like dissuade them from what they're doing or like try to get them on his side or like yeah like he would be trying to convince them of like or, the empire's goodness right or or forgoing teasing them and and yeah. taunting them with just straight up starting like trying to kill them yeah what he settles for is an interesting <laughs> vengeful path he's like no no i want to have my one liner before i murder you yeah fully um yeah and i think we've talked about this in one of our previous episodes but like it's really interesting that episode eight is where we see him again after Mm -hmm. you know the last time was three i think uh i mean it is halfway through yeah it's well it makes sense but what's really interesting is like we get to then fill in like what happens in the meantime like in Mm -hmm. the time that we haven't seen him um and with the amount of resentment that he shows here it's like clearly this is like boiling under like you know I I guess under the surface but like to us under the surface right like in all the time that we haven't seen crosshair like this is the fucking shit he's been planning and this is what's been stewing and like he's been waiting for this moment like there's so much like intention from you know the writers etc to like leave this moment till now Mm -hmm. but like we don't even see him doing his own thing no because presumably all he's been focused on is this yeah um Record Tech and Echo obviously kind of take a backseat in this episode, mostly because I think we introduce Crosshair again as like a, a player. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. Obviously, we get some characterization with. I mean, Wrecker, I'm, I'm kind of like one little bit with each of them throughout this episode. Yeah, we, we see them. And I think they've just wisely done that uh, just to show that like they've grown they i mean they're just to emphasize how much of a team that they are yeah. and how integrated omega has become in w- with each of them i mean they're all like you know obviously like hunters kind of like her father figure at this point and echo sort of sort of mom um and like tech and uh wrecker really do take like big brother yeah roles and um, i it's fun that we get to see that in two little spots here i guess at the very beginning with wrecker teaching omega mm-hmm. how to like disarm a bomb um because yeah. that does seem like his yeah yeah his forte yeah i was like his, his joie de vivre i'm like that's not really right um his reason for living um, <laughs> his joy of life um and i like that we get to see her interacting with tech only yeah um i, I like mean, that we we get to see her, he like calms and is like mega omega i need you up yeah uh, um at the bridge um and like i mean they're all kind of teaching her their own things their yeah. own uh, it's nice to see sets. that like despite the fact that like i don't know i guess he's kind of characterized in the show and outside of the show, like in fandom as like a little bit more standoffish mm-hmm. or like just kind of doing his own thing. Like he's still interested in like teaching Omega things and yeah. like including her. Um, yeah. I like the little conversation that they have where Omega's looking at all the like ship uh, detritus. Yeah. Ship Garbo. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, Tech, what was the war like? And he gives her a very like 
um, literally textbook a answer merriam webster yeah. dictionary <laughs> definition um and she's like well, no but like what was it like yeah like, like no i just i just told you yeah <laughs> um i think that's really interesting if you like conclude from that that like tech didn't have like a lot of like emotions about the war like it well, just kind of was yeah and, and the answer that he gives her was just like very much it seems uh what the batch was doing too i mean like yeah. it, it is sort of like your definition of like wars like a set of strategic objectives that yeah, happening like a over a of course battles. of years yeah basically or like places um but like to be fair like they kind of were only called out on like special things they weren't like yeah. they you weren't know, like a station they on weren't a planet for months or something yeah like that. truly um they didn't work with generals like for an extended yeah. amount of time it's, there's reason to believe that they don't really have a huge emotional understanding right of which, it. i mean we talked about this with which kind of backs up the whole interaction between like yeah. hunter and echo where obviously echo did have that experience and it was different for him yeah. he experienced brotherhood in a different way than they did um and do um not that it's better or worse it's just yeah it's just different it's, it's still something that like draws him back mm-hmm. like i think uh, again in that context like the batch still has for the most part what they had right they're not really missing what used to be but like echo is completely out of his comfort zone right right and is missing all of the people that he used to have in his life yeah he has the added trauma of i used to be different and now i'm uh uh, now i'm trying to adjust to this and in the middle of adjusting to that everything gets turned upside down again and then he has to readjust yeah Yeah, and it's like and also like he lost fives and like exactly everyone else is dead and like yeah it's. i mean for the most part the i mean other than crosshair leaving he doesn't even die but like other than that that's the first time that they've experienced like the loss of a of a brother yeah something along uh, akin to that um yeah but they're 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 a little less present in this episode than some other uh, characters which is fine but they're still there. You still yeah. feel their their presence. presence. It's not like they're like relegated to the background and they like don't talk ever. It's like they are present and they yeah. do like are integral. They they're integral to the the progression of this episode. It's yeah, just exactly. like understandably like we've had to make some characters auxiliary mm. so like we can have a these little more, yeah. Other interactions that are really mm-hmm. important. Um shall we move on to Cat Bane? Yeah, my beloved. And <laughs> I mean that in just like a, I love the peepaw, Western peepaw. <laughs> I think I mentioned I said that like phrase to one of my coworkers who like we were talking about Cat Bane showing up in Boba Fett, um, <laughs> <laughs> which like we shall never discuss. Um, <laughs> but um, the teeth, the little teeth. Um, but I was like, I love my Western grandpa. And someone's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, to me, he's like a million years old. Um, and he just kicks so much ass. But I do love him. Yeah. he. I don't know. I can't tell you what species he's Duros. in. Duros. They feel like ones that uh, age really slowly. Yeah. <laughs> he like he's probably like it's an Aragorn moment where where Eowyn's just like you're 87. It's like he's that. like yes. Catbane's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah I'm like a hundred. Like, oh like God. okay okay. We thought you were like 50. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah I don't know I just I I really love him I love his, his introduction we've talked about it all the time. Um. I do like his little line that we glossed over in the beats, but like, I love that he's like, I've taken down so many clones over the years. Once you figure out one, the rest are easy. And I love that Hunter's like, you're in for a surprise. Like, you don't know us. We're, we're not like other girls. Um, and then he, and then he gets clones. <laughs> um, it's just so funny. And I love that like Cad Bane has this sort of like suave, attitude that i feel like we don't see that much in star wars like he's so different than everyone else 
obviously we've seen another bounty hunter in this show. We have Fennec, who is, I mean, they're very different. I wanted to talk about the contrast between the two. Yeah, no, and I think uh, in episode four, where we saw Fennec first, like we talked a lot about um, her being no nonsense and like very like pragmatic and to the point. And it's like really interesting seeing that in a female character. And it's fun seeing that in someone who's like kind of like has a deadly efficiency. Um, It's fun that Cad Bane is like a little bit more kooky (laughs) and like, but also still deadly. Like it's fun that we get these like different flavors of bounty hunter. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a step up on the like bounty hunter ladder, I suppose. Yeah. Where um, like, not that Cad Bane is no nonsense, but like he gets done what Fennec did couldn't do. Yeah, right? and like in one move, right? right? Like she did an entire chase, and like and she's get an them. incredibly capable person. Yeah, I I like that we've like upped the stakes, and like and I love that it was Cad Bane. Like it could have been a new person, but like I think we understand the gravity of the situation. Yeah, in Cad Bane, because like the I think the first time we see Cad Bane in Clone Wars, he's broken into the Jedi Temple and. Yeah. To steal and steals a holocron, mm-hmm. like a whole ass holocron. Which is a wild thing to do. Yeah. First of all, what the fuck? Second of all, um, like it's, and it's insane. Like, I mean, I that's think, an ambitious job, is what exactly. I mean. Exactly. Like, he's like, like he's insane like for breaking taking into that, the fucking Pentagon. Yeah. Like, it's, it's religious. Stealing Pentagon. a file. <laughs> um, but like, it's, he's insane for taking that job. He is more insane for doing it, it succeeding for in, it. in it. Yeah. Um, and now we have, like, I don't know, like, I think he is just kind of, like, in my mind, he's, like, probably a very renowned bounty hunter at this oh, point. Sure. And is, like, like he's the guy you call in who, like, when you need the job done, like, fast. Like, and, like today. Yeah, yeah. And, like, super efficiently. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know, like, I think his character and what we know about him carries a lot of gravity. Um, mm-hmm. And that the reveal becomes, like, so much more important. Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I was, like, it's almost because we see Cad Bane, you, you kind of do get this feeling yeah. of like, oh no, mm-hmm. like something bad's going to happen. If they had just introduced either Fennec like again or another bounty hunter that we are not familiar with, it it would have been a weird upset yeah, if, they were, if he were to take down Hunter. Yeah. Um, I feel like if yeah. it was Fennec again, it would be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. She's she's back. We haven't seen her in a bit. Okay. like it. But there's not this like level of threat that happens no. when she shows up. Like I feel like because also he's like, I mean, I think a fan favorite character, but like, oh, for sure. Yeah. Like that he, we know about him and we really like him and he's really interesting. That like is why that part has so much gravity and so much like, oh no, sort of vibes to it. Yeah. Not that it's, um, I mean, not that it was expected that Hunter would uh, go down. Obviously, it, it kind of wasn't, but it's almost like a little unsurprising because it is Cad Bane. Yeah, like that happens, and then you're like, yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense yeah, that for makes sure. Sense. I just didn't think it might. I, I thought it yeah, might. Yeah, like not I thought happen. they would like cheat us on yeah. that, right? Where it's like, oh, well, they're the heroes, so they're always going to be the heroes. Like it's just you know the cheap nope. for sure ending. It's like actually no fuck you this guy is great (laughs) which is such a like it's such a good and creative and um fun way to introduce this idea of like uh your heroes are not always gonna win yeah versus like i mean i think they tried to do that in game of thrones but the way that they did (laughs) it just made everyone shitty well was in such a like a anyone could die Ooh, who's gonna be next like this is in like a they're still the heroes and the good guys are still the heroes and the good guys and they're not they're not done yeah but they are going to uh, face their own challenges. I also really like the... They're I- not immune. Yeah. I- the idea that there is a worse fate 
than death essentially yes. like it's not the only stake like i feel like i've exactly. talked about this with my coworkers or something before. we've talked about this in this podcast i think before. also in reference to maybe the obi-wan show mm-hmm. where like it yeah a lot of people had a critique of that because it didn't feel like there are any stakes because we know where these characters right. are going and it's like okay but like there are other stakes and i think like this cad bane scene and like what happens is very much a show of that of like okay potentially the worst thing that could happen happened is that like you fucking lost you got owned super hard like you're mm-hmm. severely injured and like someone you care a lot about was taken from you like it's a lot better than just like and hunter's dead or like you know yeah. or cad bane is dead like it would be really unceremonious i suppose it would be really anticlimactic if yeah cad bane was one <laughs> who died <laughs> I shoot a guy that I've never met before (laughs) and he died anyway. (laughs) You know, like there's, yeah, it is so smart that they introduced Cad Bane here. Mm -hmm. And like, like if it was a rando, it would have been so stupid. Yeah, for sure. Can you imagine if it was, um, I mean, the timeline is super off. Do you remember that, how there was a bounty hunter in Mandalorian who's just like a a guy, a Chad, truly a Chad. Oh, the episode where Fennec gets introduced? Yeah, where Fennec gets introduced, there's just like a He looks like a a boy band member. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, why are you here? He looks like a member of Big Time Rush. <laughs> Shall we transition to themes? Yeah, we can talk about themes. Okay. It's <laughs> um, a little treat for us. We can talk about themes. A little treat. <laughs> so you've written what seems to be a lot down. Um, yeah, I'm trying to... Uh, I don't have too much to say about Hope specifically other than like, if Omega represents Hope for the Batch, this episode is actually quite frightening and she's literally ripped from the hands of Fully. the Batch. Um, we've never seen a member of the Batch get taken out and uh like this before yeah i mean we've seen wrecker go down we've seen tech go down in like the first episode in that yeah, battle but it's simulation never but super they serious. always have other members of the batch there um there's always a contingency plan they always make it out this time they don't um this time we've they get this. Bugs. <laughs> um but that is what i wrote yeah her, i do so. like that um I don't know. And I think Omega obviously is a representation of hope and like her being gone and lost is like a very, as you I mean, it's eerie. Right. And like, I don't know, like it doesn't bode well for the back half of this season. It's right? also like, just like representing. Off, yeah. That. Also just off the heels of them turning Rex down to like help yeah. fight the bigger fight in lieu of basically trying to figure out who they are and how, like what they need to do. Um, and Hunter essentially telling him like this batch is my priority and I need to take care of them. Yeah. And then this happens. Yeah. Uh, it's very, it, it's, um, yeah, it's frightening. It's chilling. It is. Philosophically, I suppose. Yeah. And again, I just, I don't know. I feel like we don't get this like specific facet in Star Wars much, if ever, except here. And it mm-hmm. is, it's just nice. It's nice to see, even if it's kind of terrifying. Um. Okay. Good versus evil. Um, yeah, I mean, we get to see Crosshair again doing some more heinous shit. Uh, he is our secondary villain, which I'm using that term to mean that he's sort of between good and evil. Like there's a, there is a... Oh, like he's like a, a gray... He's sort of more of a gray, gray antagonist, Wolf, I suppose. though, is he not? I mean, he, like, see, he is and he isn't. Like in this, uh, episode, we don't see a lot of our primary um antagonist other than just like i don't know he's busy doing things <laughs> charlie rampart is off <laughs> he's out of office <laughs> i love charlie <laughs> i would i don't know how we're gonna get this but like i need his name charles. to be charles and i need him to go by charlie rampart <laughs> then he would become really approachable <laughs> i love him <laughs> um 
yeah, but he he does take a pretty primary role as antagonist in this episode. But again, it's very driven by like uh, his feelings, and um, it's it's very dark side without being like explicitly labeled dark exactly. side, right? He's very. I mean, you see the the passion and the like, uh, the the what's it the vibes <laughs> <laughs> the sort of sick <laughs> sith vibes with this one um but yeah i mean again it's very um very contrasted to kind of the rest of the empire who are very cold and don't other than getting their job done they don't really care about yeah. it much and else. like other like as a contrast to other star wars properties we've seen that like really play the good versus evil thing up like a lot <laughs> um I don't know like it's it's nice to see this again separated from the idea of the Jedi and the Sith and that like in a horribly refreshing way you can just be a bad person if you're a bad person I mean it's still there isn't like some like religious or otherworldly intervention happening this guy's just a dick (laughs) like you still get I mean the theme of like dark side light side is still there and you still very much feel the themes of that like the hatred the jealousy yeah but you don't have she vengeance like anger leads to whatever and like come join me please yeah exactly um which is very very refreshing like you just said yep um yeah but i wanted to um talk about the weird contrast we get between this like peak vengeance crosshair and and kind of the lawless villainy of cad bane (laughs) who like i love that cad bane also i mean like he's also shooting people our characters the batch right but like i love him so much more yeah, he's got this charm to him. Um, Crosshair is Crosshair Son's is, charm. <laughs> he's not charming at all. Uh, he he's both uh, Crosshair is both uh, contrasted in this episode with with Rampart and also with Cad Bane um, in very interesting ways. Uh, I do like that behind Cad Bane, you can kind of see like the Gaminoans towering and and they're kind of lurking because they're the ones who sent him, obviously. Yeah. Um. So you kind of have this like contrast between them who are who are working outside of the empire in this specific instance and crosshair who is working for the empire but is also very self-serving uh in that way that i wasn't really saying anything with that but no but it's interesting again that like we're seeing a lot of like facets of villains and like i don't know or not even like villains of just like i don't know people who are have different motives right Mm -hmm. and again it's not it's nice that it's not so black and white anymore and that like mm-hmm. we've kind of introduced like there's a lot of people doing a lot of things for a lot of reasons in this world yeah and there's a lot of different flavors to the antagonists here yeah it's like i wouldn't even mark like these bounty hunters as like true antagonists they're just like present like they're literally I mean, just doing their job yeah and, like, i mean they it's are not antag- a good job they are but... technically antagonists and like yeah. the definition of the word but um again it's it's a very clear contrast between because like Catbane is like uh, not moral but he's not. We don't see him being evil. We don't. Yeah, see we him don't like killing, aiming for kids. children. Yeah, and it's not like he threatens Omega like Crosshair does, right? Like, like even at the end when he does stun her to like collect her, he says, uh, "Sorry, little lady." Like he's yeah. he's weirdly charming. He's not there to hurt her. He's just yeah. there to do his job. Yeah. Um, he's not great, but. <laughs> Yeah, like, and again, I, I think it's an interesting concept of, like, you can be kind of a dick, but, like, not be evil. Like, yeah, true. you know, and then we have Crosshair who, like, has been doing reprehensible shit and kind of is or was or has been evil 
Like he's just like I don't know. He's threatening kids. He's you know he's in his picking villain them era. off. Like he's really just you know <laughs> doing heinous shit for revenge, right? Yeah. Which is like somehow a lot more villainous. Again, it's than... very a, a a very like a dark side thing. There's like a lack of emotionality in like yep. Cad Bane and what he's doing because it's just his job. Uh, but you do see the the sort of dark side uh, in Crosshair yeah. a lot. But again, I like that we've kind of we've kind of taken the like I don't know bigger picture jedi sith fight out of it and now we just get to explore the stories of like people again i love that we get to see this all played out in like regular people yeah <laughs> um power of choice uh yes i i do it, it's kind of taken a backseat in mm-hmm. in this but again we do have that conversation with hunter and echo which like i really like i really like that conversation i feel like it kind of takes a backseat to like everything else in this episode but i I do really like that we're still having that narrative thread and like Mm -hmm. we get it picked up a little bit with like obviously with Crosshair and like what he's choosing to do and like essentially we get to see the repercussions of choice. Yeah. We we both get to see the repercussions of choice in a um kind of a drawn out in that like he's he chose to leave the bash at first and now this is happening and also just like in very immediate circumstance of him trying to burn them with the ion engine and and then thusly getting burned i feel like obviously for the last many episodes because this show is about the batch we've seen you know the batch and their choices but like it's never had like a horrible effect for the most part they chose the right answer right because mm-hmm. they didn't you know they weren't about to like do something heinous mm-hmm. because they were told they were soldiers like they do have a choice in this mm-hmm. uh and i like that we've been able to see them grow because of those choices and then it's nice to see like the converse of that and mm-hmm. like and then enter crosshair who like made the opposite choice and like let's explore what that timeline looks like and it's bad <laughs> i'm excited for the potentiality in the next season of like either like a zuko alone type episode yeah. with crosshair or which i'm sure we're going to get something of yeah um truly they have to they, i have yeah no idea how they're going to start the new season I've... but um i also love the potentiality of seeing what he was up to during these this time at, in, in like flashbacks or yeah, something. something i'm very excited about that potentiality i just i i'm he's a fascinating character just to understand like his motivations in this mm-hmm. um and you know as time goes on they get more complicated um i have no notes for destiny slash fate do you have any thoughts i don't have any notes um yeah i don't know again i think like some things take a bit of a backseat and take this. a bit of a backseat we i mean i guess the only connection that we see is um again it's the question of like how how influential is the chip in crosshair at the moment um do we see anything getting changed in this episode um we will see some differences going forward um potentially as a result of this but um yeah i i don't think it's um quite uh on, on the nose as as it is in some other previous episodes that we've seen um especially ones that deal with the batch grappling with their identities and yeah maybe sloughing off this concept of destiny but yeah we don't really see it that much in this episode do you want to move on to a special segment <laughs> I didn't know what to call this, but it's a lot about... I, th- I just think a lot of things are uh, very well juxtaposed uh, in this episode. Um, so I want to talk about that in a few Hell yeah. things. Um, I think the beginning of this episode can get really quickly forgotten. Um, and it really doesn't have like a whole lot to do with the rest of the episode other than... Like I'm, mean, I'm specifically talking about the part where Wrecker is teaching Omega how to disarm yeah. like bombs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, and he kind of, he kind of throws her into the deep end of it. Cause you know, he, she thinks it's a real bomb and 
it's just a smoke bomb. Um, and obviously this can be seen as, as what it is on the surface, which is kind of a, just another bonding moment between her and Wrecker. And especially given the um, severity of the last episode between those two. Uh, and, you know, Omega's learning something new. But I think it's also this, like, really neat little foreshadowing in that, like, the viewer thinks Omega is in real peril, and then it turns out that it's just a smoke bomb, and haha, everything's okay because Wrecker's there, and of course he wouldn't <laughs> let. Haha, any- right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And of course he wouldn't let anything bad happen to her, and like, you know, she's safe in the arms of her family, and and then fast forward to the end of this episode, which is like, of course, like Hunter would never let this happen to her, and he. Well, he gets Ed up. Yeah, and then he <laughs> fails at that. He fails at his job that he basically has doubled down on like multiple times in yeah. the last like seven episodes. Um, and especially last episode with Rex being like, this is my family and I have to protect them. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, it's quite a little subtle thing, mm-hmm. but the juxtaposition of the first part of this episode and then the last yeah, it, is it very, very satisfying to me. It feels like it matches, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like they just like came up with like a, what is effectively a cold open to yeah. like the actual like main course of this episode. It's just, they're like, I don't know. They're like, this does have, like yeah. a, an emotional significance. Yeah, it, it, it is quite subtle. But um, I also wanted to talk about the juxtaposition of the standoffs that have happened in the whole season. Fuck so, yeah. Like first episode, we have this huge standoff between Crosshair and the Batch. We have a little bit of a standoff between Hunter and Fennec. Um, and then we, of course, have this like monster of a standoff between Hunter yeah. and Cat Bane, which we have talked about. But I just wanted to contrast them and juxtapose them uh based on like music cues lighting shots the pace of them the result of each one of them Um, i'm sure you have thoughts yeah fully um it's again we've talked about it but like i like that in contrast like these other sort of like standoffs as we've described them are like babies in comparison Mm -hmm. to this one like how drawn out this is it gives it so much importance and like i mean the one with fennec is like it's very light because it's like in the middle of an episode um i don't know like i like that they're using this motif essentially right and i I, to be fair i do really like it's like a a three-part rule of like you know the very first standoff like the batch gets out of it safely the second standoff with fennec they get out of it safely i mean like omega's gone but it ends up turning out well Mm -hmm. and like hunter's not really that injured he just kind of loses them and like i love that in the third one it's like set up set up payoff right and it's like they pull the rug out from under you right you're like oh you understand this motif uh just kidding like no you don't like it's such a good use of like how to set things up right Mm -hmm. like to to set things up subtly right there is a design to this and I like exactly. I, I like how these pieces like all work together. They do. Um, yeah, I want to talk about the the music too Please that do. play over um, the first standoff that Crosshair and the Batch have, which we talked about this in the first episode. But it's just this like it's like sad, sad boy music <laughs> piano that like you. I mean, it's raining. It's like yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. There's like a, a weight to it, but it's yes. like, it's sad. It's not... Like it is Western and that is, it, it is a standoff. <laughs> sad yeehaw. But it's like kind of leaning into the tragedy of Westerns yeah. or a lot of the time um, how tragic Westerns can be. Because it's this loss of like, it's brother against brother. It's, yeah, it's, it's a very like... Yeah. 
um, versus this standoff that happens between Hunter and Ken Bain, which immediately uh, is so, so, so Western. And even the music is so Western. It's like to the point where like, so that flute that I mentioned, uh-huh. right, is like super a direct reference to the music from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, yeah. which is like the quintessential Western soundtrack, right? Yes. Uh, I love that. I love that they're not pulling punches with that. They're like, yeah, we know what we're about. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, it's very much, um, I mean, as opposed to the previous standoff that I was talking about between Crosshair and Hunter in the hangar, like the music there, again, it's very tragic. You're not really setting up like the good versus the bad or like mm-hmm. this kind of thing. It's just kind of like this I- intrigue of what, what's going to happen, like which brother is correct, which, you know, whatever. Um, this one is immediately like good versus bad kind of uh it's just got like a showmanship to it yeah it's got more of a drama to it um and it works so well for the characters in a way the stakes are like a little higher fully yeah yeah no i i do really like this sort of we talked about the shots that they use i love that they integrate like they go back and forth between shots extremely rapidly Mm -hmm. like there's like two different times they go back to a wide shot in between like guns and eyes and omega and i love the difference too of um how they are poised each hunter and, and cad bane are poised uh with their hand next to their gun like hunter is like ready his hand yeah. is like out and ready to like grab his gun and uh cad bane looks so much more like he's relaxed. like lackadaisical yeah he's like i've done this a thousand times yeah like i i love that like hunter is like <laughs> he's trying to like put up a good fight but like I feel like truly in Cad Bane's eyes, right? He's like, this is nothing I haven't seen before. Like, and he says as much, right? Mm -hmm. Like, even though Hunter is like a special clone, he's like, you're still a clone. And like, I know what I'm doing. Like, he has just like a confidence and bravado about him. That's so fun. I think too that, um, I mean, it's scary, but like, it's fun. Really, this really doesn't have anything to do with juxtaposition. But I, I do appreciate that, like, even though we've painted all these clones, the Bad Batch, as, like, really, really specialty and, like, uh, very, very um, good at their jobs and stuff. <laughs> and, like, they have these sort of, like, almost superhuman abilities. Um, they are still not... They're um, just guys. <laughs> yeah, they're just guys. Like, I think a lot of the times we see uh, Jedi painted in this way where it's like, oh, well, they're Jedi. And, of course, and uh, they do get... They do have some losses, but it's um, very... I mean- rare to see them yeah fail There's like this six seasons of clone wars and um, like i'm struggling to find like one point where they like really lose yeah poorly. truly um but yeah they're really I, I appreciate this that they're putting the batches abilities into perspective like there are people yeah. out there who yeah. are better at things than them for sure um and they are going to run into those people and it really also puts into perspective this idea that like they are better together um, like if the yeah. rest of the batch had been there, I don't know that Cain, yeah, like right. Cad Bane would have made it out. They're, uh, they're weirdly kind of like a, they can take them in numbers, right? Yeah. And so when you have them by themselves, they lose a lot of their, um, ability that yeah. way. Yeah. I don't know. These are, this is fucking great. I like that. I just said there's six <laughs> seasons of Clone Wars. There are seven, but what I meant it's is fine. that season seven is only tragedy and yeah. the six previous seasons are fucking about, um, and the six seasons of fucking about, I don't think they have that much tragedy in no. them. Um, would you like to talk about your design corner? I now? would. This actually kind of transitions well. You know, we've been talking about design in these standoffs. I'm sorry, but it's just good content. Um, it's, it's, for me specifically. It's very good. I finally get to like get out all my like art talk <laughs> at you, my friend. I mean, there are just good shots in this. I love Bracca. I've talked about how much I like Bracca before. Um, I and as I've previously mentioned in this episode, I think it's really cool that they like set themselves up well for like interesting 
shots and like architecture quote-unquote architecture right because it's you know, a ship dumping ground and like it does just become like an interesting jungle gym and like i'm sure it was kind of fun potentially i don't know how the storyboard artists are having fun maybe they're really sad they probably are um but like fun to potentially see like what you could include in shots and how to frame things and i think they use that really well um I, I do really like uh, what I really want to talk about <laughs> in this is uh, use of color. Um, I haven't talked about this specific concept since the first episode. Um, I've talked about color previously, but this concept that like when the, the whole pilot is like grays and blues, it's super washed out and it's really sad. And then like immediately the second episode, we get like thrown into this like world of full color. Right. Like and it is really representative of the batch's journey and they're leaving everything behind and like that was really dark and depressing and now they're kind of been given opportunities right um i really like that the beginning of this episode is during the daytime and we get to see Braca in its fun colors which is very oranges almost said green no um <laughs> oranges and blues and and this like fun and like rust and stuff um but i like that when the empire shows up it's nighttime and then we all of that color leaves again mm -hmm. like it is kind of um that part of their life coming back around again represented by like a lack of color it's all dark it's all really foreboding and like uh, i don't know it's like the opposite of everything they've been experiencing in like all these episodes that we've seen um it kind of is just like <laughs> hearkening a, a really bad thing to come yeah but i also really like that like because it's you know nighttime we get to have um like specifically with the ion engine, which again, as I've stated, is kind of like I think a part that sticks in my mind a lot. Um, that feel like feels like it has a lot more visual gravity put to it because it's you know we get to see it. It's a lot more visible. Like, can you imagine if it was the daytime, uh, and it was it's on fire, it's blue, everything is kind of blue here anyway. Like it wouldn't read as yeah, well. it would be less emphasized. And like I think that part has so much like story importance, and I like that it gave it so much visual importance. Right, like. The, the like ion like discharges that we see like in waves coming off where that like crosshair gets hit with like we are able to see what's happening in such specific detail and like that's a understandable choice to make to be able to see that but like I like I like that there's a potential like uh, emotional reason right like we want that to read so well because it's so important yeah I, I don't know like I, I'll have to <laughs> pick this back up when we watch the next episode and see if my sort of theory checks out about sort of like color, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But like, I mean, even, you know, obviously Camino still like continues to be like gray and sad. Like I like this contrast that they create. Yeah, I do like that we, I mean, it's always kind of raining on Camino, but like, I think we see these different types of rain. When we show up there in this episode, um, it's not quite thundering, but it is dark and it is rainy. Um, and if we've seen daytime on Camino before, um, but we just haven't seen it in a while. Um, I'm talking about like in... In Clone Wars? I believe... I want to say in the ARC Trooper ep episodes, like yeah. somewhere in there maybe. I think so. Um, but like, yeah, I, I think since since the Batch came back to collect Omega and, you know, Crosshair left them, it's been pretty consistently rainy and dark and dark. Yeah. yeah. Every time we've been back to Kamino since. Yeah, uh, so I'm interested to see how that progresses. And I'm honestly, I'm very excited to watch the next episode. So I for, I kind of forgot um, the ending of this episode. Yeah. And that it leads so quickly like into the next. Pretty big cliffhanger. Yeah. So obviously uh, in the next episode, we'll see. We'll see what Cad Bane and Omega get up to. And sounds like they're like having a fun time <laughs> at a water park. Um. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uncle Uncle Cad Bane. Oh my god, is, is taking. Care Honestly, of him. I would hang out with him. Um, he seems like a fun dude. He seems like the guy who's just like when he gets all like, when he clocks out, he just goes like rip shit insane, like at a bar or something. Like he seems like the guy who could put down like like two pitchers of beer or something. Mm, yeah, at a dive bar on yeah. the side of and a and he's just like can still like shoot good, real good. Yeah. <laughs> Again, seems like I mean fun in concept guy to hang out with yeah truly uh yeah anyway (laughs) that is all for this episode thank you for listening we'll be publishing episodes every tuesday and thursday so join us next week for episode nine bounty lost you can find us on spotify and apple podcasts and also instagram and twitter at the batch pod so if you like story and you like star wars then tune in for the next episode of the good the bad and the batch bye Bye.